Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first property casualty insurance podcast, bringing you perspective and insight on the top issues facing industry professionals. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kathy Inus. Today, we're uncovering disaster mitigation, the final steps that could put the new disaster recovery reform provisions on the president's desk this week. Plus, the buzz about blockchain, how the technology is poised to help insurers in the future. And we'll meet NAMIC's new chairman, how the values of the mutual industry are ingrained in Henry Gibble's DNA. But first, the top news. After the House passed a historic set of disaster mitigation reforms, the Senate voted today to send the Disaster Recovery Reform Act to the president's desk. It would free up new resources for states to proactively mitigate against future storm losses, such as by implementing and enforcing resilient building codes. And it allows the president to establish a new mechanism to significantly increase the federal pre-disaster mitigation fund. The policies in the DRRA, which will be signed into law in the coming days, represent an unprecedented shift that refocuses our federal disaster policy on proactively preparing communities before the next storm. Representative Lou Barletta, who authored the DRRA, co-wrote an op-ed with former FEMA Administrator David Paulison urging Congress to act. It says in part, by arming communities with the necessary resources to strengthen their infrastructure against hurricanes and other disasters, Those affected across the country will be better equipped for the next inevitable disaster. Barletta shared a similar message to Congress last week. In 2017, 8% of the United States population, that's 26.4 million Americans, were affected by at least one disaster. And as we speak, the Carolinas continue to recover from Hurricane Florence, which took the lives of over 40 Americans. It is clear that these reforms are needed now more than ever. The current version of the DRRA is part of legislation to reauthorize the Federal Aviation Administration, which also includes important provisions that NAMIC has championed for years. The FAA bill states that unmanned aerial system operations must respect and protect personal privacy. It also directs the FAA's existing drone pilot program to identify the most effective models for balancing local and national interests in UAS integration, including limiting operations over private property. While these are positive developments, there are some problems with the bill. Most important to insurance drone users, the bill says that commercial drone flights should have a written privacy policy and that violations of that policy will be enforceable by the Federal Trade Commission. During NAMIC's just-concluded 123rd Annual Convention in San Antonio, A.M. Best spoke with Munich Re's Jason Dunn about insurers' use of drones. He says farmers have always been on the front lines when it comes to technology, and he talked about Munich Re's recent survey of farm owners about their drone usage. Farmers were using drones for soil and field analysis, to monitor the amount of irrigation that was going on in their fields, things like planting and crop dusting are popping up quite a lot. And then very interesting to me, livestock monitoring, which isn't something that we've really seen covered a lot in the trade press around drones, but farmers are really finding new use cases where they can. Dunn says the uses of drones are only limited by the creativity of people that are building and flying them. 
One of the most innovative uses he's seen recently was a drone being used to investigate an asbestos-ridden landfill where humans would not be safe. Another technology getting a lot of buzz among insurers is blockchain. Patrick Schmid, vice president of the Risk Block Alliance at the Institutes, says blockchain technology is poised to offer more secure information sharing, which should result in greater trust by consumers and easier entry into emerging markets. Well, it's our opinion that blockchain can really affect kind of the demand side of insurance and the supply side of insurance. So on the demand side, from an insurer perspective, it could improve the customer experience by providing more seamless, personalized solutions. It could also help um, insurers with greater market reach into emerging markets. Um, It could even potentially help with affordability by lowering operational costs for insurers. On the insurer side, there's administrative costs, which the cost of record keeping is challenging within the industry. There's a lot of intermediaries, there's a lot of different data sources from a lot of different providers. So those fragmented data sources, blockchain could provide a means to synthesize them and provide a single source of truth. In addition to that, it could help weed out challenges with uh, manual processes by using smart contracts. Smart contracts are basically programmable code that can be inserted into a blockchain and self-automate. Think of like an if-then statement in Excel. In addition to that, could help with fraud and even with stringent regulation, which is another pain point for insurers, by providing a regulatory node on a blockchain to provide regulators with information access on a permission basis to certain information, thereby easing burdens on insurers. The Risk Block Alliance launched in 2017 with the goal of accelerating time to market and adoption through real-world applications and impactful blockchain use cases within the insurance industry. NAMIC welcomed Henry R. Gibble as its new chairman during this year's convention. He actually is the fourth Henry Gibble to lead Lidditz Mutual and the third to serve as NAMIC chairman. On today's Unscripted, our Chuck Chamnus talks with Henry about his long family history in the mutual insurance industry and his plans to give back during his year of service. Well, Henry, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you, Chuck. You know, let me first uh, be the first to congratulate you on being named NAMIC's chairman. Uh, it occurred today at the annual meeting here, uh, still at our convention in San Antonio. It looks like we're going to close out another successful one. And uh, now as we um, prepare to go to the closing celebration, I'm really delighted to have a few minutes to sit down and talk with you, our new chairman. Appreciate the opportunity. So let's start with just a little bit of history. Um, You gave a speech today kind of introducing yourself to the NAMIC members. And one of the statements that I took away from it was that, you know, NAMIC is literally in the DNA of the Lidditz family. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about kind of what you meant by that? Oh, sure. I've, uh, the family, the the legacy of the family goes back to 1893 with when, uh, the first Henry Gibble became involved with Lidditch Mutual Insurance Company. Um, he ran the, managed the company up until 1927 when he actually became a chair of, of NAMIC. That was Henry Royer Gibble. Eleven days after he, he took the chair of, of NAMIC, unfortunately he passed away. His son, Henry Bumberger, stepped in behind him in the board and uh, he he grew the company up until 1959 when he tragically passed away. The, uh, my, my father, Henry H., was called home 
the board at the age of 23 placed him in the, in the uh, chair of, of uh, Lidditch Mutual. So the, the mutual industry, Henry Gibbles, have played a uh, significant role in our, in, our, in our family history. It is uh, used to illustrate that in uh, 1927, and I used this a couple of years ago at convention, uh, this picture of uh, our 32nd NAMIC convention was held in Washington, D.C., and you see in this old-style, big, broad, you know, black-and-white picture this portrait of all of the convention attendees. And if you look closely, you see there on the grounds of the White House, and if you look even more closely in the front row, you see um, then-President Calvin Coolidge with the NAMIC crowd on his front lawn having their picture taken. And tell the part about, uh, you know, your great-grandfather is pictured there. No, and I we showed that at the uh, convention in Vancouver, I knew right away that he had to be there. He was he was the chair um, of NAMIC that year, and I actually got a hold of one of the the photographs and looked and looked, and I couldn't find him until it was pointed out he was in the back row of the contingency, the, the you know the last place you would expect to find the chair. There he was. He was a uh, a man of faith, and he was not only a school teacher, but uh, a uh, a pastor. There with his collar on, and uh, beside him was my great grandmother Florence, who a uh, a great grandmother that I knew when I was a child. She was she was still around, so that that uh, was exciting to find the two of them. Then my dad, reviewing the uh, the photo, points out that his father's in in that picture. Also, so the three of them in the back row, uh, two Henry Gibbles, and uh, great grandma Florence Mall Gibble, uh, were were located in in that great photo. Well, I love the part about there. You know, though he is chairman, he's in the back row. Uh, although I'm telling you, since our convention is next year in Washington D.C. If we get our picture taken with the president on the White House grounds, you'll be in the front row. We'll insist on it. I, I, we won't allow you to sneak into the we, back. We may not be able to do that. that we, we have I'm, to do tradition. Actually, those uh, same three folks, I, I saw them in the, uh, a photo of the 1916 convention held in Reading. And there again, they were in the back. All three of them now. Henry Bumberg <laughs> was a, a young boy at that time. so it's, Now you know where to look for them. That's right. Uh, so, what do you most look forward to uh, in this year's NAMIC chairman? I've been touring NAMIC for uh, been a convention many, many years. Met a lot of great people. I look forward to visiting a lot of these folks on their home turf. Uh, the state ex- association meetings. Uh, my wife actually retired so she could accompany me on on these visits. Uh, I'm very excited to to visit and uh, share the mutual story, the NAMIC story, with the state associations. Well, I know that uh, many of our listeners will remember, um, you know, an episode last year of you and JoLynn giving back. Um, You know, at our convention, uh, you shave your heads for St. Baldrick's. Uh, It was tremendously successful, which is an understatement because... In fact, you raised more money than any other shavee last year in all the global activities of St. Baldrick's, uh, just under $200,000, a tremendous uh, effort for pediatric cancer research. Um, 
you know, kind of what drove you to um, make that um, gesture, uh, that commitment last year? And I know Lidditz is also involved in your community and in other ways giving back. So tell me what you do in, in that area. Well, that story has many different angles, especially the St. Baldrick story. Uh, actually, my wife was probably more committed to making the shave than, than I was. Uh, John Smith from Pennsylvania Lumberman's, a good friend, kept coercing me. It was a, at uh, it was a manage, management conference down at the Greenbrier. Uh, he kept hounding me. In fact, I was kind of worried that he was going to accost me at one point. Mm. And it was uh, at, at that event, only a couple of months away from convention, that, that I made the commitment. So my wife was very, very happy to, uh, to find out that we were going to do it. She, uh, she, she being in the medical field, she, she loved to do it. I, it wasn't much of a sacrifice for, for me. I should have jumped in right away. Uh, well, it to, was, in fact, part of it, and I was there. Not only did you shave your head, but the mustache, which had had uh, a place on your face for like your entire adult life that, and the entire time you'd known JoLynn. That is true, but uh, quite a commitment. But so. not much, not uh, compared to what she gave up, and, and but not uh, really compared to what what all our donors gave us, because it, it was quite a, an outpouring of support uh, for childhood cancer research. And uh, I, I, we, we made a meaningful gift last year, so I, I appreciate everyone that, that supported that effort. Well, let me close up with a, f- a fun one. Um, rumor has it that you're a bit of a jokester and maybe have pulled a prank or two in your day with your family or with others. Uh, care to tell us about any particular... Uh, no, I just uh, I always like having one up on, on everyone, and I'll, I'll go out of my way to... To find something to to uh, make sure I can pull that off ahead of you. So. Given the way uh, John Smith kind of uh, leveraged you into the St. Baldrick shaving, uh, I suspect he's on your list of people that... Uh, well, I, I don't know if he... Uh, maybe he's returning the favor, right? Huh. At a, uh, have you ever heard this story? We had a state association back at the Greenbrier um, that uh, I was able to... To pull one over on him, his his children ran up quite a, a bowling bill in the bowling alleys at uh, the Greenbrier. I, I found a bowling pin, painted a gold with green trim, and sent it to him from Jimmy Justice. So he <laughs> snuck it down into his office. He's yeah, I remember that uh, the kids discovered free bowling in the Greenbrier and uh, pretty much bowled twenty four seven. They had a great time. Yep, they did. Well, Henry, thank you. We're gonna thank have a great you. time this year. I look and, forward uh, to serving. I look forward to. Uh, Meeting the membership on the, on the many uh, many tours. I look forward to helping introduce you to them and traveling with you part of the way and uh, working with you this year. Mutual so. insurance is a is a great profession. Look forward to promoting it. So, thanks, sure Chuck. Thank you. On the next unscripted, Chuck talks with a longtime friend of our industry, Bob Hartwig, who many of you know from his days at Triple I, and who is currently the director of the Center for Risk and Uncertainty Management at the University of South Carolina. NAMIC partnered with Hartwig to conduct a benchmark market analysis called the Mutual Factor to demonstrate the overall strength and stability of mutual companies. They'll discuss how this first-of-its-kind report validates long-held assumptions about the mutual sector. NAMIC has also partnered with J.D. Power to conduct a consumer survey on automated vehicles. 
Tom Carroll, NAMIC's general counsel, and Robert Lajak of J.D. Power will release the findings during next week's Future of Auto Summit in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The survey reveals overall consumer sentiment about willingness to ride in a fully automated vehicle, the amount of time consumers believe it will take for the AVs to go mainstream, and the perceived motivations of the various stakeholders involved in the automated vehicle movement. There's still time to sign up for the Future of Auto Summit. Just visit NAMIC.org to register. And that's a wrap for us today. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode of Insurance Uncovered on October 17th. I'm Kathy Imus. Thanks for listening.